G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host. Doss, how are you, mate? What's up, mate? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, and Kays, how are you? I'm all right, Heffy. Yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, we're in ISO tonight. Um, Kays and Heffer, uh, myself, are a bit sick. Sorry, I did a dossier there and talked to myself in a third person. But uh, How does it feel? Yeah, nah. <laughs> should, you have a sh- should you have a shower? It's a bit dirty, yeah. isn't it? It's semi-empowering, but yeah, you know, it's just wrong at the same time. <laughs> empowering. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Kays and I are just feeling a bit, uh, bit crook, so uh, yeah. Decided we better keep Dossie nice and healthy because he doesn't need uh, any hindrances in his comeback uh, from his hamstring injury at the moment. So it'd be Correct. a disaster if you got sick while you're in your rehab. So yeah, we thought we'd just look after you. Thanks, that mate. said, uh, Dossie is Dossie is cracking a beer tonight. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Doss? Um, can't remember what it's called actually. I've got to get it out of my stubby, out of my Christian Petrarca stubby holder um, first. <laughs> got no. the, uh, the the Norm Smith medal. Uh, stubby holder from the AFL store, so very happy with that. Um, I'll let you know in a second, mate. But you're a beer snob, so you'll no doubt uh, shame me <laughs> for whatever it is. I don't, I don't drink anymore, mate. You know that. Um, nah, that's all right. Uh, uh, fuck, there was something funny I was going to say that I've, I've lost it, but knowing me, it probably wasn't that funny anyway. So it's all good. Well, I'm going to swing it on you, mate. You're training. Right, cool. you're, you're you're in heavy heavy training right now. I am I heavy am training, training, but. Uh, What's, yeah, your, what's your point? You, you can't. You're, you're living up. You're trying to be Kane Corns. What are you doing, mate? What's What's the plan? <laughs> Try to be. Well, um, yeah. If I could get as many clicks as Kane Corns, that's the ultimate goal. But I figure if I'm going to get to that level, yeah, I need to live like the man first. But uh, no, I'm actually training for a marathon at the moment, Dossie. Uh, doing a. I've never done a marathon before, and I wasn't going to jump into an actual marathon. So I'm doing the Melbourne Half Marathon in October, I think it is. So um, and I will be raising money for um Beyond Blue as well to do it so um yeah i'll put a link out there on the on the socials too but uh yeah that's something i'm doing at the moment so if you're if you're on strava give me a follow um but yeah so you can look at my runs on the weekends but they're getting quite uh, quite lengthy as you've probably noticed dossie they are getting quite lengthy and i am very jealous knowing my my <laughs> strings and hips and glutes and everything else wouldn't be able to handle that right now but um it's good to see you mate getting out there and getting healthy and not having these uh, voodoo rangers like me. That's what I'm having at the moment. <laughs> well, we're thinking like, that's what I was actually going to say. You had your first sober weekend in uh, in about a month, I think it is. So uh, yeah, that first uh, sober weekend in that minute of time, you uh, you decided you needed to crack a beer on a Monday just to make up for it. Is that just right? the one, just the solitary. Don't don't judge. <laughs> okay. Don't judge poor Dossie. All right. Uh, so if you saw it during the week, um, there was a video that Dossie put out um, about Jaden Stevenson. Um, very, very funny song. Uh, you are a lyrical master there, Dossie. But um, yes. Kays, I think you've got something you want to bring up about uh, that video or about Jaden Stevenson itself. What's, what's the go there? Well, look, obviously, uh, as he's got um, history and Doss lied to us through his song once again. But um, the funny thing was, so obviously Dossie was coming in super hot on Jaden. In the start of the week, and I was just flicking through, was it Twitter on Saturday, Sunday? This picture popped up, a picture of Jaden Stevenson. I said, hmm, interesting. Quote, he's a non-competitor. Every time you pick a team, you send a message. Enough of Jaden Stevenson, end quote. That was from Ross Lyon. Just flicked it through the old uh, Keeper League podcast group chat. Instantly, Dossie is one of these guys who takes probably, you know, five, ten minutes to three days to reply to a text. And um, bang, within... Two seconds, it was, fuck off, Ross. 
Why don't you chop him, Ross? Oh, wait, you're not a coach anymore and Frio are top four. I've never seen someone so upset about a player that means nothing to them since Hef and Jake joined a couple of weeks ago. Like, Dossie, I didn't even know you had this mean streak in you. Well, mate, my name's Doss the Boss, and um, I'll tell you what, I could make a few coaching decisions that might have been better than his back in the day. Third Frio are, and in the frame, they're equal on points to be top of the ladder right now, and, uh, you know, I think uh, Ross has got something to learn, so take, take that in mind when you're bagging a player that is clearly best 22 for North and uh, has a bright future. Sorry, can I just jump in there? Um, Case Jake Lloyd means everything to me, not nothing to me, beg your pardon. Okay. He also, also tunned up on the weekend again, mind you. But uh, look, we'll I like to that call that a, a, a small ton. Not very, like it wasn't a you know impressive ton. It's only a what, five since you brought him off. But anyway, uh, Manscaped, thank you very much for sponsoring this rabble of a show uh, each week. But uh, Manscaped have a, a new uh, product, I guess, or a new range out that we uh, we talked about last week. But it's the, um, the uh, what is it called here? I forgot what it's called. The Ultra Smooth Package, that's right. But um, it, it involves... Well, first, it's a bit of a step process that we've got to work through here, guys. So there's a few products involved, but the first thing you need to do when you're using the uh, Ultra Smooth Package is uh, you need to grab your handy Lawnmower 4.0 and give your boys a bit of a classic trim beforehand, get all those loose hairs out of the way. But then then you start the Ultra Smooth Package, right, boys? So get this, you got the crop exfoliator. So that's the first thing you do. And it's infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed. The crop exfoliator can help you reduce the risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. So that's the, that's your first step after you run the, the lawnmower over. Then you got the crop gel. Okay, so this is where your shaving technique, sorry, this is where you're shaving with um, our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin it's got four essential oils it's like a spa treatment every time you have a shave and then you need to actually get rid of everything down there so then you've got the uh, the crop shaver and it's a it's a it's a blade i guess designed for uh, shaving the groin area sorry a razor yeah has three precision blades mind you um includes the ultra wide lubricating strips and pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. So, look, if you're a person that thinks they need to go completely bald down there, uh, get around the ultra smooth package. So head to manscaped.com and use the code KEEPER20, get 20% off at and free shipping at manscaped.com and get your hands on this wonderful package. All right, guys. Uh, just, got some, just something to ask on the read there, Hef. Like, training for this marathon, what's your ball plan going forward? You know, we're going to... Just get rid of every bit of hair on your body and just, you know, be a complete a, dynamic um, beast. Well, that's why I shaved the head in the first place, um, was to get rid of all the hair that's in the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm a big, um, I am a, uh, I'm a skins wearer without shorts. So I'm a tights as pants kind of guy. Because I figure that, you know, chicks Ooh, can do Jesus. it all the time. So, well, girls can do it. So why can't it be, uh, you know, men can do it too. So I uh, see, see a lot of females out there wearing the tights. I think blokes can do it too, you know, it's uh, equality and all that. So, um, yeah, no, I did just uh, very aerodynamic that way, usually with the Keeper League T, but I do strategically... Um, what? Lose, <laughs> runs, for the brand. Hey, he's, he's running with <laughs> skins, no shorts, and a Keeper League T. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's my numbers are going to plummet. <laughs> oh, they're going to go up, mate. You, you, you watch. They've already started to skyrocket. But, uh, no, nah, that on the weekend, nah, it's, the, it's just an old tee that I've got, but it happens to be a Keeper League one. But, uh, yeah, no, it's one. But I do strategically wear the um, Manscaped Boxer Briefs 2.0 because they seriously are the comfiest pair of jocks and they're just perfect for running. And uh, yeah, no chafe with those things as well. So now get on board all of that. All right, can we move on now? Please. All right, let's get into the round rewind. 
All right, first game of the week was Geelong versus Melbourne. Uh, Kays, I didn't see a, a second of this, so I'm going to butt out. I want you to tell me everything that you saw in this game. Everything I saw. Well, I've got to start off with uh, a guy who's just all of a sudden came to fantasy relevance, and he's a legit player now. It is Tom Atkins. He had 108 points. I think the favourite thing about this whole game was the Cats retro Guernsey had the, the collar and all that going. It genuinely looked like an awesome Guernsey and Tom Atkins absolutely rocked it. He looked like a guy that had legitimately rolled out of 80s country footy. You know, the little short stocky dude, um, little you know beard and stuff like that. It looked like a genuine throwback and he played like a man who really wanted a red tin at the end of the game. He was a tackling machine, had nine tackles. And what I kind of like about uh, watching Tom Atkins over the last couple of weeks is he gets those tackles in the hard ball on the inside, but he also gets some of the outside pill. You know, we've had some questions about, you know, Sam Berry, Matt Rao, et cetera. Can they get on the outside? Tom Atkins is showing he can do that as well. Crazy enough, he's actually the third highest averaging uh, Geelong player in the last month, averaging 92. So I think we got a 2G uh, Heffy, I think he is uh, officially there. He, he's going to get only be only going to be mid next year, obviously. But um, he's well and truly uh, cemented his spot in that that cat's midfield. I believe we two G'd him three weeks ago. Yep. Really? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but you I want to say been, it might have been when you were off and Checkers was on actually. But I th- yeah. I'd say it's still worth mentioning him just because we saw him with Dangerfield back this week. And I think that was my fear was that when he was back, Atkins would lose those that midfield time. And we saw Selwood, Dangerfield and Guthrie, like their prime movers in there. And he was still, he was still among the centre bounce attendees with 15. So I think that's good signs. Yeah. Really good signs and good signs for this guy too, Max Holmes, uh, keeper league favourite. He had 80 points on the weekend. It was such an impressive game. Like it was a borderline coming of age game for me. He took on the league's best wingman in Ed Langdon and really, you know, towed him up at times. Uh, Holmes himself had one goal and 17 touches. I think Langdon only had 21, but definitely quelled his influence and um, yeah, it was a real asset for the the Cats on the day. So. Uh, if you're keen on Holmes, I think this is the game you wanted to see that, you know, he's got that next level in him. So uh, if you're keen, get him. I think he's only 33% owned too. So if you can stash uh, for next year, do that ASAP. Uh, Stephen May had 95 points for the Ds. Uh, that was off the back of 24 kicks. He had bulk kick-ins. Geelong were very, very wayward. Stephen May had 16 kicks. Uh, so 48 points of his came from kick-ins on the night, which is uh, kind of ludicrous, but that's the reason for that big score. Now, Dossie, uh, interested in your thoughts here. Luke Jackson, 52 points. Bit of a fall from grace from what we saw a couple of weeks ago. And for me, we always knew that the score was going to drop when, when Maxi came back, but probably the, the shock to me, and maybe it's more about the injury, but he only had six CBAs for the night. And, um, look, you know, in his defense, no Ruckman had a great game, but, you know, Jackson was forced to play kind of as a key forward on the night. Also had low tog. 61%, which is the lowest of any player on the night. So uh, kind of alarming if you traded him in in Classic or, you know, you kind of went uh, balls deep on him for this year thinking Gorn would be out longer. But uh, patience is still the key for Jackson, of course. But um, kind of a, a bit bit underwhelming return to footy. 52 points in... Yeah, 52 points in 60% tog, like you said. Um, I'm not worried at all. I think being a young player and the fact that they do have Gorn, they can have the ability to nurture him back from a knee injury at such a young age. So, yeah, no concern at all aside from just, you know, bringing him back slowly. And and we're going to still see Gorn be the prime Ruckman Mm. for this year and and probably, well, we'll wait and see what happens next year. But you'd assume again next year as well. I think so. And this one is a big concern. It's Jake Bowie. 
40 points from him. I think it's rest in peace for his fantasy game for some years. Um, with, with Brayshaw and Salem back there, there's just no room for him to be a distributor. You know, we saw his role delicious at the start of the year when Salem was missing a lot and, you know, Brayshaw was still kind of on the wing a bit. You know, he just had a bit of a bad game. He was very slow early on, got caught holding the ball twice, just cold, um, which probably didn't help his confidence early on. But we haven't seen the the, um, the game for some time, the fantasy game that is. Doss, you're uh, the number one ticket holder of the Jake Bowie, Bowie fan club. Are you concerned or, you know, are we just going to give him a couple of years leeway? What's He's 19 years old, mate. And yeah, he showed earlier in the season when he had the role that he could score. So no concerns from my half. Like you said, it's a tough back line to, to be in at the moment with, you know, Stephen May taking a lot of the ball, Brayshaw and Salem, like you've mentioned. Um, I think, you know, long term, he's still a star. And what if... We see, I think Brayshaw is what a free agent this year as well. Mm. If you see guys move out, he's immediately going to jump up. And we've seen him at 19 years old already have a ceiling game. So no concerns for me. But um, I did see your tweet that uh, blew up. I, I was, it was <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite a good tweet, I will say. You want to you say it on the pod, mate? Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was like, uh, if, if Jake Bowie was any slower, he'd <laughs> be the AFL app. <laughs> Um, they got like 700 likes. I didn't know it was that popular. <laughs> wow. But, um, but um, you say that, and I, I do kind of agree, but like, you know, Salem's young, Brayshaw's relatively young or in their prime. Like, how patient can you be? And, you know, could you trade someone like Bowie off, um, you know, some exposed form that we've seen earlier in the year? Or would you hold knowing you could have two or three really cold years? Depends. I mean, he's probably, it depends on, he's only really going to be kept in the dynasty type leagues, right? I don't think you're going to be 12 teamers unless you're down the bottom of the ladder. It's going to be tough, I'd say. Um, But yeah, I think, Patience is key for me, and and I'd be I'd be buying. Obviously, you know how much I love him, but you you have a point in that there is some depth there at the in the defensive stocks. But it's very quick how it can turn around with an injury or a trade or whatever. And he's in you know nineteen to do what he's done already. You know you're going to have ups and downs, and and clearly right now it's a bit of a down. Fair call. Sorry, I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing the um, AFL app developers just sitting around all sad and depressed this week on the back of Kaiser's tweet. But anyway, <laughs> they should be. It's like impossible to use. I always used. I always use the app, and now I've gone to Fan Footy because I don't like to have to refresh the app ten times for it to give me a score from five minutes ago. Anyway, let's move on to Dossie's game: Sydney versus Western Bulldogs. Yeah, and what a fizzler! I thought I'd been given some of the good games this week, which I, I had been given on paper, but um, the Swans came out and absolutely smoked um, Western Bulldogs in this game. So. Yeah, pr- pretty much f- right from the get-go, it was all Sydney and, you know, seven goals, eight to two goals, one in the first quarter. First of all, are our dogs players in general, Keeper League's dog dogs players, are we still as high as being such a fantasy, you know, powerhouse going forward given they're so top-heavy, like, hef, what, what do you reckon, mate? Like, any concerns, you know, you, you're McCrae's, you Dunkley's, all these guys, along with the guys coming up, is there any concern going forward? Yeah, there's a bit of concern. Um, it's more, it's the Bevo factor though, and we've been aware of it for so long. It's like, you know, we've seen McRae get put out to a wing or on a half forward flank. Um, and then with the dogs just not being as dominant as they were as well, like coupled with that, like there's definitely con- some concern there. It's just with the lower tier players as well, like dogs have always been a team that like if they're not 2G4P, they're basically irrelevant. So you might get Norton, someone like Norton pop up for a good score every now and then, things like that. But 
yeah, basically the 2G4P guys are where it's at. And yeah, with, with the dogs diminishing, um, I guess it's probably just a natural flow and effect. That's all. Yeah, well, speaking of Bevo, as you did say before, um, interesting note that Trelaw moved to a half back. I know he's too good for the podcast, but there was a positional change in this one. He was taking kick-ins and stuff. It was just strange scenes because, you know, had 32 touches as well um, and taking basically that Caleb Daniel kind of role. It's probably something they've been missing over the past few weeks. But moving on to some other players that we can talk about in our Keeper League, Sam Reid. Um, so Peter Adams went down injured fairly early in this game, played a ruck role and up against Tim English, which you thought would be a pretty tough task given English's form. Um, he was coming back from an injury himself, but Reid had 25 hitouts to English's 27. So we know English isn't a hitout merchant. It's not his specialty, but Reid did everything around the ground as well. 15 disposals, 13 tackles for Sam Reid and 113 points. I think Hickey's obviously going to slide back in that role, but Hef, you're over the injury report. Is Hickey coming straight back in? Yeah, it said it was just illness, so um, yeah. by the sounds, he'll be straight back in. So Yeah, but it was a nice little play, tip of the cap to Sam Reid, and he's been in some okay form, so do we reckon he could he could probably be that chop-out ruckman if, if Laddams is to miss some time here and, and maybe be a relevant stream for a few weeks? Uh, I don't know. The ruck forward role isn't always that fruitful. We've seen him do it over time with either the ruckman in. Like, yeah, it might add five, ten points to his game, but it won't be huge. I'll come back to you, Kays, on this one because I reckon we had this discussion earlier in the year. Paddy McCartan, 14 marks, 22 disposals and 102. Um, in his first year in this role and, and putting up some big scores, I think defenders against the Dogs have been an underrated play um, in the last few weeks after this turnaround of them sort of being not that great. I think if we were to go last three form, them against defenders has been a play um, as opposed to the season. But do you have long-term hopes for Paddy McCartan as a keeper league kind of player? Not as a, a keeper as such, but I think he's one of those guys that you can easily get late in a draft to just give such good depth to your side. Um, you know, we've talked about it a bit on this podcast the last few weeks, like how good some key defenders can score when they're taking bulk marks and, um, you know, McCartan's shown one, you know, Tom's a bit more lockdown and Paddy's a bit more freewheeling. So, um, you know, he's the one who can kind of take some cheap intercepts and that kind of thing. And, you know, a defender who gives you 70 week in, week out is just happy days and, you know, can be kind of stress-free. So, um, always keen on a, a good intercepting key defender. I'll talk about another player. I think this guy is just about 2G for P. I don't know if he's hit the four game mark yet, but Papley, um, the big Paps, 100 points. He could have had a monster game, kicked two goals, five, had 24 disposals, but his centre bounces have been lifting week in, week out. We haven't 2G'd him yet, have we, Hef? Because he'd almost be on the edge at the moment. I think he's had three big ones in a row, so he needs one more. One more? So he's getting very close. Yeah, yeah nine CBAs. Like, like, yeah, he's actually getting... Yeah. He mentioned it in the post show that he's starting to get involved in that midfield mix and has really enjoyed that kind of getting a bit getting a bit more of the pill in his hands as well as playing forward. I'm still wary, though, just because like, we've seen him get CBA bumps in the past for one week, two week, three weeks type thing, and that falls away. Like Sydney are a team that just never seem to settle or be satisfied with what they're doing. I don't know whether it's like a legitimate tactic that they like to mix it up and keep opposition on their toes because they have so many players that can roll through there. But um, the way he's playing, like if he's going to get that role, he's going to score well. It's just a matter of does he keep it long term. Mm. 
good question. And just a couple of tips of the cap. Robbie Fox, an out-of-the-box game. Like I said, the defenders kind of shared the ball around here. He was playing in defense. 87 points, had seven marks. Rampy, again, a good game. So And Florent was playing in defense. Florent, does anyone get tricked by Florent and Lloyd? They look so similar. It's really frustrating yep. as, a, yes. either, as a, either owner, I'm guessing. But I was a Lloyd man in my classic team. And I'm like, oh, man, Lloyd's having a monster game. And it's like Florent every second kick. I'm like, oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm actually the the other way. I'm like, fuck, Lloyd's getting it again. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> it's not Lloyd. Uh, on the dog side of things, there wasn't much. We know there's not too many um, kind of fantasy people that are, you're able to mention from them. But Lockie Hunter, I think we mentioned the other week, he's well and truly back. And, uh, you know, scoring 80 is pretty solid for him. And then Josh Shackey, who I've mentioned a couple of times, just playing that chop-out ruck role. You know, he's worth a stream every now and then, but was sort of benefited from the fact that Laddams went down early. I think that's all I want to talk about for this one, boys. Oh, and Bailey Dale got absolutely clamped by um, Mm -hmm. Ryan Clark. So maybe if you're looking to play a defensive running or like just beware on your captaincies and stuff on those defenders when you're up against Ryan Clark because he can certainly put the clamps on. That happened two weeks ago on uh, Jack Sinclair as well. Yeah. So So he's he's done um, it a couple of times. Oh, I can't believe yeah, I can't believe Dylan Steven scored so low. I thought he actually played well. So he scored thirty nine. I had him in my notes, being like, "He did all right." So when he touched it, he was good, but just didn't get enough of it. That was the issue. I think the wings just weren't used much in this game. So yeah. Anyways, we'll move on to Collingwood versus North Melbourne. Now I will preface this: um, I had my son on my own on Saturday as my partner was working, and I, by about half time I was covered in vomit. Um, so he wasn't feeling very well so um, yeah I was a bit distracted during this game so just apologies if some of my takes are a bit inaccurate but from what I did say um, first player was Jamie Elliott he's not 2G4P like he always I always look he's a player that I look at and he's like surely he's gone 80 plus 4 in a row some stage and we've done it but Never really seems to get there, but he's always split between midfield and forward, and I think with Dugowie out, probably helped a little bit. Um, eight CBAs and two goals. I scored 80 um, last week against Gold Coast, although I didn't see that game, so I'm not sure if the, the role was similar, but I assume it would have been. It just might have seen a bit of a bump this week with um, yeah, Dugowie out and getting a few extra points that way. So we'll leave it at that. Um, Josh Dacos, 85 points. I think he's coming a bit more consistent this year. Um, playing on that wing, Like he just needs that consistency going forward, and he'll be fine. But he, I have faith that he's a player that can become one of those better scoring wingers, like, you know, the 90 kind of 95 average plus, um, you know, people like Carl Amon kind of in that in that range. I have faith he'll become one of them. He just needs to kind of, you know, just do it a bit more consistently and get there. But he'll get better as he goes on um, in his career. So I have um, faith in Josh Dacos. I think a few people were questioning him um, last year. But, yeah, he, I think he'd be good. Um, John Noble 83 points. So he was playing against the old man, um, uh, David, up in the, co- in the coach's box. So the Probably, probably his like last a, chance to as well. <laughs> yeah, by the sounds. Um, but someone made like a Darth Vader Luke Skywalker reference on the commentary. So I don't know. He might have, <laughs> yeah, um, nice. he might have ended him that way. But anyway, uh, moves, uh, moves the ball out of defense. Well, he's always done that. And he's prone to scores like from time to time. He's averaging 75 across his last three. So he's putting up a few good scores there. Always a handy defender to own. He's definitely a great D4 type option um, if you've got him in your teams. Kind of like the player that will get dropped back into the pool each year. But someone will always pick him up and he'll do pretty well for him as well um josh carmichael had 54 points and he was just getting a bit of midfield time on debut which i just thought was interesting um i'd like to see him again um because a few things he did were quite nice there was a few iffy things as well but as you expect from a debutant um yeah just like to see him again so hopefully he holds for next week as well so the ones worth looking at for collingwood um for the ruse 
Jed Anderson, he had a massive game. So 33 Wowie. touches, nine marks, seven tackles. Now, we both own him in classic, Dos. Um, bit of a pod there. And uh, I've got him in my keeper league as well, my forward line. So, um, yeah, that's pretty handy there too. But, yeah, 81% um, time on ground, which is his equal highest time on ground for the season. And, you know, it goes without saying, he scores so much better when he's getting that time on ground. Um his other 140-plus score that he had this season. So, he's done it twice. So, he's got the ceiling. Um, that was a 77% um, time on ground. Usually, this year's usually been around the, the kind of the 70, 70 mark. But when he kind of seems to get those higher percentage games, seems to score a lot better. So, I don't know whether that's, you know, the huge jumps in scoring. So, it can't be worth like the extra 7 to 9% you know, time on ground. But I think he might just kind of get a bit more of a feel for the game when he's not on the bench as often. So, yeah, I like Jed Anderson going forward. And midfielders, midfielders versus Collingwood at the moment is the smash play for your captains too. Like, I mean, for Adelaide this week, it's your Lairds, your Keys. These oh, guys are going to carve gonna up. Lairds huge, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Curtis Taylor. Doss, were you, were you speaking about him the last few weeks? You were I've been loving his up. role, but he, yeah, he's been my, I think he's been my biggest guy that I've added and dropped off the waivers almost weekly because he's up and down, but he's got that wing role, right? And I, yeah, I really yeah. like the way he goes about it. Yeah, so that role can lead to scoring definitely. And because he's listed as a forward, could be a handy play this year. Might be mid-only next season or if not in the future. So that's one thing to think about for your keeper leagues. But yeah, nice role for fantasy, especially listed as, listed as a forward. Um, being Playing for North Melbourne can be a bit of an issue at times. But uh, when they can get on the end of like a decent, half-decent performance where they look competitive for three quarters at least, um, he could score okay in those games. Now, Jack Zewell had 99 points. Um, still up forward, but I felt he worked higher up the ground. Kicked two goals. I still don't have faith in him long term, so I'd try to sell to some sucker this week if you're still holding on to him and, uh, yeah, try to get something for him on the back of a 99-point game, but I don't know how you go. Um, Tom Powell, 83 points. He had four CBAs, but he was rolling up to the stoppages too and kind of won some clearances that way. Um, hopefully, next season, he can move into a midfield role a bit more permanently. He shows so many promising signs. Um, you know, we saw a lot of him last year, starting to get a few games this year, starting to perform a bit better. So he's one I like for the future. Really? Um, what? It, but Cherry re-signing for me is just like, yeah, nah. Okay, he's just going to be a forward, basically. Like forward rather. Tom Powell. Pro- oh, I thought you were talking about Coleman Jones. Nah, don't even have him in the list, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, Sorry, mate, the, the, the range is getting to me head. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, Lockie Young's the next one to move on. So he had 78 points. Um, seems to score better when Hall is out. So he's put up a few good scores. They've all been when Hall was missing. But the interesting thing was Bailey Scott was used up on the wing and he had a bit of a stinker as well. So a role that he's not, you know, he doesn't score as well and he scores well on the halfback flank. Um, Jaden Stevenson was back in defense as well, but he didn't really know what the footy looked like for the whole game. Oh, um, he got injured Young, though. <laughs> oh, he in got the fourth in- quarter. The last quarter, Matt. Yeah, only, yeah, like, really only 60% time on ground, though. Because yeah, well, he was a liability on the field. He, yeah, he couldn't do anything with the footy. Um, but yeah, nah. Lockie Young still, uh, only a tip of the cap as well. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be bringing him in long term. But I don't know, he might be a good uh, loophole option if uh, when Hall's out. Because he does seem to get a bit more of it when they're chipping around back then. Um, and I guess Jaden Stevenson, yeah, he got injured in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Only scored 30 points. Um, the Dossie Song curse continues even though this year hasn't been too bad but it was a great he was song in the chocolate f- if he was in the chocolate factory the Oompa Loompas would have kicked him in the chocolate river and just fucking what, that sucked up that huge tube and yeah. never <laughs> seen again. like a yeah. Christus glute yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway uh, let's move on to Gold Coast versus Richmond 
Oh, what a finish this game was. Uh, <laughs> honestly, didn't look like the Suns were going to threaten at all. And then, uh, bang, came home with an absolute wet sail. Uh, yeah, awesome to watch. Um, we've got to talk about the man, Ben Ainsworth. 130 points from him. And kind of looks to finally have become what I thought he could have. I've obviously been a big fan of Ainsworth in the past and lost a lot of faith recently. But uh, look, two goals, 26 touches, 14 marks. Really, he's just playing that connector role beautifully. Um, and he's averaging 92.3 in his last four games. Hef, you're uh, probably the perfect man to talk to. You've always been a doubter, but you uh, grabbed him in our you know, redraft this year. You know, you obviously had some kind of confidence that he could be a handy scorer. Were you expecting what he's kind of put up the last month or this year in general? Yeah, I'd, I'd more so doubted him in the preseason, but then I got to watch two of his preseason matches and I liked what I saw. That caused me to draft him um, this year because I figured, I know, initially I wasn't even sure if he was best 22 completely, but the way he played in those preseason matches and the role he was playing, um, yeah, filled me with a bit of confidence. So yeah, picking him up, like I said, I, said, I think it was th- three or four weeks ago, he's... Before last week, he'd gone something like since round five without going under 70. So I don't expect huge scores from him each week, but he's just so consistent this year. And I think it's the role, as you mentioned, that kind of allows him to just, you know, at least get a you know a 70 most weeks. So, yeah, yeah no, I'm, that's, I'm happy. I've got him as my, I think, F2 or 3 at the moment. Um, four yeah. lines not my strongest, but he's playing that role really well. And it's those kind of forwards who, you know, are the higher kind of forwards who will get those marks and that's where they can build a like a good baseline score from as opposed to the the genuine small forwards who are relying on crumbs and goals and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, he is uh, well and truly exceeding expectations. Jack Bowes had 103. He looks back, uh, slotted very nicely into the role that was vacated, I suppose, by Conor Buderick after his shattering ACL uh, injury last week. Both started the house on fire, 11 touches and 46 points in the first quarter alone uh, and finished the game with 24 touches and eight marks. Look, he's obviously had a tough year with injury, but uh, I think he can bounce back to being one of the most promising fantasy defenders. He's got that game and, um, you know, the Suns are keen to kind of get him in the midfield as well. So um, if you've kept him, um, continue keeping him because I think, yeah, he's one who's uh, only going to improve as the year goes on. Jeremy Sharp had 53 and I was really excited about his return, you know, with Ellis going to move back to the halfback flank with, um, with what's his name's injury? Uh, oh, there's that is. many. Oleg Markov, yeah. Oleg Markov and um, whatever. But uh, look, Will Power was dead. Will Power, exactly. And, you know, like yeah, everyone's gone. And everyone, basically. Yeah, so everyone's injured. That role on the wing for Sharp would just be juicy, but unfortunately not. Uh, only the 14 touches out there. So I, I think... He, and along with uh, Doss's man, Braden Fiorini, who had oh. 73 points. They're in no man's land, Sharp and um, Sharp and Fiorini. I don't know if Jude necessarily loves him. And the big one for me with Fiorini, he was definitely outside on the wing too. Only had the one CBA. So Oi. probably proves that the wings weren't exactly, um, you know, the place to be on the weekend. But at the same time, you know, potential concerns for both uh, Sharp and Fiorini owners, I think, probably, especially under Jude. Probably the greatest start I've got um, for this weekend Fairani, one centre bounce attendance, one centre clearance. The one time he goes in there, he got the centre clearance. So he remains the GOAT. Um, it's time for Jew to go. He's got the two-year contract extension. <laughs> Let's just veto that right now. He nearly lost to Richmond. He should have lost. Um, After yeah. losing to Collingwood last week. You need to you need yeah. to get to Tony Cochran and see if there's a um, you know cooling off period with the contract side. I think so, yep. 
Uh, Jake Lacocious is the other interesting one. He only had 47 points, obviously, on a big score and the 12 touches, but did play a bit more of a utility role. Uh, ended up going down back a bit, took three kick-ins. Uh, just looked a bit flat um, coming back after a few weeks off. So he may be another one in, in no man's land. I'm not sure that Stuart Jew knows exactly where best to play him. Um, I thought, especially with some of these injuries in defence, that he might be one who could slot back into that role, but uh, bits and pieces. So monitor, I do kind of like, the, the chance that he goes back full-time, but uh, let's kind of see how he tracks for the rest of the year. Dan Rioli had 108 points for the Tigers. He was the leading disposal winner for the game, 31 touches. He's actually officially 2G for P now, Hef, which is uh, very, very cool. Uh, he was my first pick in the, the draft this year. Happy with that. Yeah, I got him as steak knives in a deal last year. I think I gave up James Jordan and um, Errol Golden for Dangerfield, who was a forward last year. And I just got him back as steak knives. And he's turned into be like the best forward out of the deal that we got so far. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. <laughs> we'll be a defender only next year, but I think he's a genuine holder as a defender only. He's, um, yeah, absolutely relishing that roll at halfback and the Tigers one in his hand. So uh, a couple of big ticks there. Just a couple other ones. Marlon Pickett had 84 points and he's just been a really solid contrib- uh, contributor for the Tigers recently. 17 touches and a goal on the weekend. Averaging 82 basically in the last month um, and one you could probably pick up off some waivers. He's only 62% owned. So if you need some depth coming into finals, and I know Dossie, you're a big fan of kind of playing the waivers this time of year if you can. Um, yeah, especially if Tigers have like a Friday night game or something, maybe throw one at Pickett, uh, bring him in as, you know, he can give you an 80 or, or 90. So have a look at him there. And uh, the, not debutante, the second gamer, Noah Cumberland had 55 points. He was a sub and activated very early after Tom Lynch went off injured and started super hot, kicked two first quarter goals, ended the day with two goals, three and 10 touches. I don't know. He's an interesting looking player, uh, kind of a hybrid type. They've got a few of those, you know, running forwards, Castagna, uh, Arts, those kinds kind of types. So see where he kind of uh, sits out. But um, yeah, just interesting to note. And good to see him kick a couple of goals on debut. Dossie. Yeah, I had I have one more thing to talk about in that game, and it was just because mm. I have a mate, um, my physio. He's uh, he loves his fantasy footy. I think I showed you half earlier in the year his amazing spreadsheet that he does for um, his category leagues. I just probably shouldn't name him if he's your physio, huh? Don't name him if he's your physio. It's bad for his business. I won't. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spends that much time on the sidelines. <laughs> no, I'm on the recovery. I'm on the recovery. No, you're right, Dossie. I reckon you're good to go this week. Ping. Anyway, he noticed. He, I was like, saw his team at the physio and he's got Caleb Graham in his team. And I'm like, mate, no wonder you're losing. Like, this guy's an absolute, like, you know, not a big, big believer in the Caleb Graham. Shows me his spoils numbers. Because they play spoils. It's ridiculous. Uh, He's like the best spoiler. He averages 11 spoils a game, which is like, I think compared to like the best, you know, the top defenders, they're they're like six or seven. So, Caleb Graham, elite on the spoils and nothing else. Um, I'll move on (laughs) to the St. Kilda and Fremantle game. Something I'm keen to do in the future is one of those category leagues. They sound like a good bit of fun. 
Frio got the chockies over the Saints. There was times in this game where you thought it was going to get competitive, but Frio just ran away with it in the end. Um, some of the more impressive players from a Keeper League perspective. I just want to shout out to Rowan Marshall, people that stuck with him over this long time. He actually just got DPP in the fantasy format forward status. Um, so he's obviously way too good for the podcast, but got that forward status for owners. And after a crap run of 50s and 60s, he's been three tons in his last three and absolutely dominating on the run home. Um Lockie Schultz, a Keeper League favourite, had a 98, and he's he's an up-and-down player. He's probably in that Papley mould of a guy you pick up for his hot runs and then drop back to the wire, but at the moment, he's had a big game against Saints. Have you seen the Schultz stat? If he kicks two goals, Freeman will never lose. Wow, <laughs> that's unreal. It's like ni- they're 19 and zip or something when Schultz kicks two. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. That's unreal. Um, I 2G'd him last week after just a game or two back, but Billings... Um, just to mention that people that held the faith with him as well, good on you, because Billings is a gun, so he's back to not back to his best. Nat Fife, we brought back to the podcast last week and looked absolutely unreal in this game. Scored 89 points, not a stack of disposals to be fair, only the 21, but he kicked three goals and was a little bit more back in the midfield mix. So he had zero centre bounce attendances last week, up to 11 this week. He'll still get your forward status for going forward in your keeper leagues. And um, we'll just wait a little bit longer for Natty Fife to 2G him, I think, because that role's a bit bit wondrous, but he's looking almost back to some of his best footy, even though the low disposals. Tom Highmore was probably the big one from the pure keeper league perspective Mm. in this game. Dougal Howard was out injured. Um, Highmore came in and boy, Highmore looked like a serious player. And I think the thing is, we've seen this before, Kays, but can Highmore finally oh. stake his claim? Because he was he was fantastic in this game. He scored 80 points. He had seven marks, 20 disposals. But um, honestly, whenever it came in there, eight intercept possessions, like this guy commands the back line when he, when he, gets, to, when he gets a gig. I really hope so. I was so hot on him in lots of draft legs at the start of this season and kind of disappointed he hasn't really got an opportunity until now. I'm just going to bring up his state league scores. Yeah, he's a gun state league player. His state league numbers have been like fucking ludicrous. Uh, One sec. Anyway, I'm sure. Talk to me me how he looked, Dossie. Is it like, you know... Yeah, like I was just, because I, I, I know I know Highmore as a player, but I think he's got some little bit of bleached hair or something at the moment, and he just stood out when he when he was taking his marks and stuff. And every time I was like, oh, Highmore again, like, and it seemed yeah. like those seven marks were just really crucial, and it was kind of just he was yeah really commanding the game like a like a McGovern or something with those intercepts like he's, he's really high IQ for his intercepts and yeah it made me wonder like why hasn't he been in but I think Dougal Howard in the side maybe they just don't like the two bigs or you know too many tall guys back there so he's averaging 96 in the VFL he put his last game before he got picked for this week had 150 so yeah far out the thing he, he, he really loves for a big guy that intercepts he really loves that cheap pill so um, mm-hmm. As a fantasy player, yeah, like, look, if he gets selected, he's worth a stream. He's worth a look long-term if he ever gets that position locked down. But, yeah, he's on my radar anyway, Highmore. Good game from him. Um, a couple more position switches. I just noticed Wanganeen Miller, he played a little bit more in defense in this game. I don't know if that's been something that's – I know he's got defensive status, but he's well, been on mostly wing, on the wing. Yeah. So, he was sort of playing that 
more of a defensive role in this game, and they they played more with uh, sorry with um. Billings and a bit of Mason Wood, and he d- he did roll up a little bit, but he was certainly in that defensive line. Other than that, lads, there wasn't a heat to take out of this game. I'm just looking at who else I've got here. Um, Ethan Hughes fell way back to earth. Um, we mentioned that he's been playing that wing role and playing it pretty bloody well, but yeah, 30 points and uh, look for him to get potentially replaced. I mean, if Akers is back soon, that's done yeah, and dusted. Be but yeah, yeah, we can't call that though. It could have been a good one or two week stream. Anyway, let's move on to Port Adelaide versus GWS. Um, Not a heap here to look at, but Kane Farrell, he was still really low on the uh, waivers. I think he's still only 60% owned. So he had 100 points, played that wing and forward role. Same as he's been doing every week, really, and scoring well. Um, He's got that booming leg, kicked two goals with it. With Carl Amon leaving at the end of the year, I think he will sew up a spot on the wing long term for Port Adelaide. Um, And he'll be 2G4P one day. They'll just look to utilize that leg, as we've kind of mentioned. So, um, yeah, if you've got him or if he's available, get him now. Might be one of your trade targets for the future as well, because um, I think I wish he was a halfback. They've yeah. just got too many halfbacks. I wish he was a halfback. He'd be more. I can carve to up, more, man. Yeah, yeah, cheap possessions and use that leg a bit more. But yeah, yeah nah. Anyway, I still think he's got. I think he's thinking get there. I think he'd be one of the better wingers in the comp um, going yep. forward. Um, Sam Powell Pepper had a hundred points, so it was a really good fantasy game for him. Just pushing up the holes, getting a lot of cheeky plus sixes. Um, oh, who was he on? I can't actually remember, but they weren't going with him. Um, so he he was just allowed to kind of just push forward and kind of get a lot of cheap pill because his men would just sit back in defence and um, yeah, not follow him up the ground. So um, yeah, he'll keep forward status next year. So and he's been good this year. He pops up every now and then. So if Port can return to some good form as well, he generally goes along for the ride. So Sam Powell Pepper's one I liked this year. Um, Jeremy Finlayson had 90 points so he played ruck and forward had 22 touches pretty sure last played twos on the weekend so I'm pretty sure he'll come straight back in so that role might diminish from here I think he might still remain on the side over Mitch Georgiades but um, yeah I think he may just lose some of the fantasy scoring that he's had over the last few weeks as well basically same for Charlie Dixon he had 88 points just expected dip soon for him um, unless he can get up forward and kick a few bags I think that's the only way he's going to score going uh, who's, forward who's going to hold that are they going to go Lysette, Dixon and Finlayson or is one going to be preferred over the other, do you think? Or do those two guys just become irrelevant and they split it sort of halfway? I I think, I, I reckon it probably be Finlayson, but I reckon it's still going to be low usage. Like Lysette seems to go for to most of the CBAs um, when he is playing. I think at, before yeah, okay. he was getting injured, he was, I think he's the highest in the competition on average. Um, so ah, okay. attendances. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just he basically goes in most there. of them. Yep. Yeah, basically oh. just sits there. Um, the other player for Port Adelaide, Robbie Gray, just has been used in the CBAs a lot more in the last two weeks. Um, we'll note that Butters was out last week and Butters didn't get a CBA this week. So you won't expect that to stick around. So if you're thinking of someone like Robbie Gray, bringing him in on the back of a couple decent weeks in terms of CBAs, he scored 73 points this week. But um, yeah, like he... I don't think he's going to be that handy, but he's listed as a forward, so he might be someone to take a punt on if one of the midfielders does go down at any stage. He looks like the next one in anyway. Uh, on to GWS. So, Callum Ward had 95 points, just getting that defensive role. Um, did the AFL fantasy position changes come out this week? I didn't see. Did he cop yes. anything? Did he cop did a who? back status? Uh, Callum Ward. Or did he not do enough? Uh, I'll have a quick weeks? look. I'll have a look. I don't think Maybe. so. No, there was a, there was only two big names that were like, yeah. it was Rowan Marshall and Himmelberg were the two big names. I, I, yeah, nah, he, he's still a mid only, unfortunately. I was going to say if he gets it, because it's been so unfortunate because it's like, 
I don't know, with um, Leon Cameron yeah, he's kept rolling him back in the midfield and then he should have probably been defence last few weeks, but they've had a few outs and things like that. I guess with Hopper being out for a while. Correct. Um, yeah. A few others, it's been like forced him to play him back in there. Um, but yeah, like he should have gotten that defender status. I'm just not sure if he kind of even holds next year. He, he, like he'll get defender status for next season. I just don't know how he goes in terms of fantasy, that's all. Um, Jesse Hogan, 93 points. He's just 2G, 4P. Um, hate to say I told you so, guys, but I told you so. Um, kicked two-thirds of GWS's goals for the night, so two of them. Um, Was that, were we against it, or is this just a... In the, no, in the projection, uh, sorry, in the rankings, you, you said I had him ranked way too high. I think it was only like 40-something. But um, oh, yeah, okay. we had a big argument there, and I was, I was, oh, a big heffy came out on top on that one. But anyway, um, he's still in form. Too high. Congrats, <laughs> he's in form right for the now. Year. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> you know that's a lie. I'm on fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, in form right now. So Jesse Hogan, two G four P, well done. Um, Lockie Whitfield. Um, now, case. He scored forty points. Now he's averaging eighty nine this season, which is the same as Jake Lloyd. Um, up and down this season, has less tons than uh, Lloyd this season. Just had a couple big ones in there. Yeah, but um, 28 in a month or so. I'm just wondering why you aren't picking on this guy like you're picking on Lloyd. Like, he deserves all the scrutiny if you're picking on Lloyd. Won't be a defender next year. Probably a forward, but won't score well on the roll. Jeez, I think he, he's getting off easy, Case. I think you need to be just, you know, right. focusing your sights on Lockie Whitfield. Oh. I'll get on the case then. I think the issue Leave is I don't own him, I reckon. That's probably the issue. And it doesn't kind of stir me up as much when you have a go. Who's taking his um who's taking his role? Coming, I think, this year. Has been the guy who's oh, kind of stepped yeah. up, so yeah. Um but, yeah. Well interesting what one. was it? Lockie Whitfield was the ADP fifteen and Jake Lloyd was ADP twenty three. So yeah, he should be in the gun. Yeah. Right. So this I'm was gonna, my whole point I'm with Lloyd. There's probably 30 players that should be under the gun, but we can't talk about them each week. But anyway, uh, your Wait, turn. Hef, move just on just to, quickly, yep. sorry, um, Horatio from CSI Dos Ami has done some research quickly whilst you've been talking. And cool. Our Jesse Hogan ranks Hef 61, Dos 62. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, <laughs> mate, on your huge win. <laughs> Uh, that was after the re-ranks. I had, well, when we did the podcast, I had him a lot higher. But after the preseason, I did drop yeah, him right, down a right bit. Right that's all. Right yeah, you can go back and oh, listen. So you second-guessed you second yourself and you dropped him and now you're taking the case. was 72. Yeah, but anyway, I did drop him back down after we uh, after I looked at him in the preseason. But, you know, whatever I said in the first season, it actually came to, in the first part, it actually came to fruition. Unlike, um, you know, some of your calls, Kays, where you just kind of say they'll be good but give no reason as to why. And then they just end up fluking it. But anyway, or they become hey, good for a completely different work, reason. Bro. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'm not knocking the. Gut I'm not knocking gotta, the method. You gotta mate. go with your gut, man. I'm not you knocking the method. The gut. Not knocking the method. Move on oh, to your game, man. Oh, it's up to me, right? I said I was just looking back at some stats. Oh, Brisbane Essendon, we got the win. How good is that? It was a fucking shit house game, though. Um, it kind of reminded me of when uh, the Bombers were playing all of our, um, you know. Uh, top up players when we lost all the players to a wrongful suspension thanks to WADA. Uh, you know, with Brisbane missing the nine players, they just kind of brought the standard of the game down to a very low level. I reckon looking at the game too, I reckon a lot of the Lions players were sick as well. Like Lions, Neil, Cameron, Danaher all looked down. Um, Lions have been sick all year, hasn't he? Uh, he has been down on form, but like even Lockie Neal only had 21 touches yeah, or something like that. Fair so, enough. Um, Cam- Look, yeah, so I reckon a few Lions players were under the done, underdone. But we should not stop talking about Jai Caldwell. He had 112 points, uh, close to his best game for the club. 
26, 26 touches and a goal and ran with Lockie Neal for most of the day, who only had 21. Interestingly enough, and this is something you guys will froth on as CBA um, you know, fanboys, he had a game high at 29 CBAs. So, look, I kind of thought maybe Andy McGrath might get a bit of love in the middle with no Darcy Parrish, but it seems like it is Jai Caldwell time in the guts, which is awesome to see because um, kind of the, the role he's been recruited for and they finally decided to kind of play him as a, as a midfielder and not a half-forward flanker. Yeah, that 29 CBAs is actually 97% of the CBAs as well, so all but one for the game um, but also as well yeah like over the f- previous few weeks like the two weeks that Parrish was out he saw spikes in those weeks as well where he actually got centre bounce attendances so I actually said um, I wish I put it on Twitter but uh, I said it to Zanks in, in a chat with him from uh, AFL Stats mate I'm like Parrish uh, so Caldwell generally goes well with Parrish out and I just said now that I've said it it won't happen but it did actually happen so yeah it was good got to back yourself in the Nick and victory lap Hef Oh, no, I'm just not a victory lapper. That's the issue. Anyway. It, it is interesting, though, if he gets that much because that was a pure tag, like, essentially on Lockie Neal. He did, he did run off him, but, like... It is, but Lockie Neal didn't have... Lockie Neal didn't have 29 CPA. He had 27. So, like... He had the second most, like, behind Caldwell. So, I think it was just that he was running with him, but... Yeah, it's interesting. They're almost doing what they did with Parrish last year and that the, the roles opened up. So, here you go, son. Have a go, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good to see. He played really well. So, uh, Kyle Langford is another one. Back to, you know, some form. Had 108 points. Uh, and you probably know your defense is a bit shit when Kyle Langford looks a serious threat up forward. He kicked four goals. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, look, he had a good year last year. Um, and, you know, obviously had a few down games coming back from injury and looks to have found some form. So, if you held, well done to anyone who held him over that journey. Likewise with Jordan Ridley. He's had a bit of a down year Um been back to the pod really uh, because the red dog slash red goat slash red whatever animal you want to put on him uh, has obviously been dominating in that attacking defender uh, role at the Dons but yeah look Ridley kind of slotted into his role of old and um, kind of showed us what he could do back in the day so um, interesting to see what kind of plays out with the Redmond Ridley uh, relationship in the back line uh, I think Kind of only one of them can go big and seems that Redmond's that guy this year. But um, yeah, obviously Ridley still has that fantasy game, which is good to see. Uh, Matty Guelphie, a bit of a tip of the cap, 90 points from him. He was very busy, 20 touches and a goal. But uh, yeah, don't see that week in, week out with him. And I suppose we've got to touch on Massimo D'Ambrosio. Watch, 55 points. Look, he was humming along okay. His disposal was down a bit from what we've seen last week. It wasn't as clinical, but uh, had 13 touches and cocked a bit of a cork- corky in the third quarter. So uh, don't let that data think, you know, he was having a horrible game. He just, uh, yeah, missed the last quarter with injury. Now, this is kind of the big, uh, I suppose, discussion point of the week. It was, uh, you know, who's going to come in and take the the Lions points from defense? You know, um, you know, we knew that Rich was gone, was going to be Coleman. Coleman out with uh, COVID. And then I was like, oh, man, Noah Answorth, he's the man. And then yeah. last minute, Noah Answorth is out. It was Brandon Stasevich who ended up popping up. He had 107 points. Um, Looking early in the week, I was very much team Noah, um, you know, because we've seen all throughout the year that Stasevich is a very, very good lockdown defender. But uh, Chris Fagan kind of gave him the keys to the back line and, um, yeah, he got some license to run. So with uh, Answorth out, it was Stasevich season, 26 touches, 21 kicks and had eight kick-ins too. Was very, very busy back there, was really demanding the footy, showing a bit of hunger slash thirst, Dossie, which we'd have liked to have seen. But uh, I think the score's kind of overinflated because he was really the only one with, you know, kind of experience in that defence and and kind of, you know, took advantage of it. So good work if you kind of streamed him this week. But uh, I think 
with his disposal, a bit iffy. And uh, Kadeen Coleman probably coming back this week, I think, probably might be a bit of a one-hit wonder. But good to see, you know, that he does kind of have that game. So, um, well done to Brendan Stasevich. Uh, you want to say something, Doss? No, no, I've got something after your final play. Okay. And uh, Mitchie Robinson, 77 points from him. Two goals, 19 touches. 18 CBAs too. So, only behind Neil and Lyons. So, they threw him right in the middle. Obviously, with no Zorko, Berry, uh, there was a spot up for grabs, but they went back to Mitch Robbo. And apart from that, all the other the um, Brisbane scores are really shit. But the, the funny one for me, and, you know, um, I know Hef's a bit of a... Uh, Cam Rayner fan. I'm a big bit of a Zach Bailey fan. Just kind of crazy to see that with all the injuries in the midfield and, you know, Essendon getting on top that um, Rayner only had eight CBAs and Bailey only had two. They really did stick with the tried and true Lions, Neil Robinson thing. So not sure what Chris Fagan's thinking there because, you know, I think that both of those guys can be that influential, um, you know, explosive midfielder. Just didn't see it. So kind of some slight concerns that the... Chris Vegas not ready to kind of hand over the reins to the the next young crop. Interesting that yeah, I mean Mitch Robinson. I, w- I was watching this game. He did. He even though his score wasn't a massive, he was playing like a man possessed. So I'm not surprised they put him inside to try and spark them up. But yeah, it's interesting how he had the 18 and and the cluggage. They didn't even roll inside too much. And yeah, Rayner and and those guys were sort of a non-factor. Do you think it potentially could have been Mitch Robinson's last game? No, not if they've got injuries. Not if they've got injuries, but if everyone's going to be back next week, like those midfielders that are out, he might, that might have legit like been the last time we've seen him, and they, that's why they might have yeah, run through the middle bit. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point because, yeah, he's been stuck in the twos. Honestly, he his spark in this game was big. Like, I don't know if they could... I think, yeah, he's it's going to be a close shave, I think, Hef, but it's a good call. It, it could be. I didn't see any of the game. That's just, yeah. That's oh, what I was he, he had well. some huge moments. Like, he kicked a left foot snap right in front of goal and like got them back in the game and he's like revved up a yeah, couple of probably big was crucial playing goals for his career really yeah. So, yeah. Oh, he absolutely he was fired up yeah he won't be playing next year but i think i actually think he's a, worth a bit of a and you know a way to pick up this year if he does keep his spot cuz he's you know he's playing like it's his last year you kind of want those guys who are going to give their all farewell game uh, just, on the cards and just before we move on to you have um just a side note peter Wright has officially hit 2g for p in this game 89, 90, 86, 90 off the back of four goals, four goals, two goals and five goals and, and just playing amazing footy really for, for Peter Wright. Well done, Peter Wright. All right. 2G. Well, 2G. He's yeah, 2G. Good on him. <laughs> well done, Peter Wright. It happens from time to time. Key forward will do it. So it's okay. I think like looking at his ownership status, he'll be high anyway because he kind of does pop up like this. So it makes sense. Like he'd be mm. hard to grab off waivers and stuff like that. But anyway. Um, we'll move on to Hawthorne versus Adelaide. Um, first player I'm going to talk about is Blake Hardwick. So he had 124 points. Now, Bramble and uh, Will Day were missing in this game. Um, and Crows were super wayward going inside of 50. So he had eight marks. Sick Dog had 13, 13 as well. So kind of goes to show like the type of you know entries that were coming into him. Um, more of a tip of the cap performance, I think. Doubled his average. Um, top score of the year for him. Um, but yeah, I think uh, with those players that will come back over the next couple of weeks, um, yeah, he'll be... Um, actually, is Bramble out for a while? Bramble's out for the season, isn't he? Or out for, for a while? Can't actually remember that one. But uh, I guess I'll get you to check that one out, one of you boys. Um, Harry Morrison uh, had 100 on points. Um, just a great wingers game. Um, back-to-back hundreds, and he's now averaging over 80. I think he needs um, one more week, and he will be 2G4P. So, Kays, your call five years later has come to fruition that Harry Morrison will be a good fantasy player. 
Uh, yeah, I'm basically Buzz Dossier, <laughs> but um, more modest. <laughs> Very good call. Very good. Um, Connor Nash had 93 points, and he was kind of playing a variety of roles, but mainly on the wing uh, throughout this game. Did go into the middle a little bit, had a few CBAs. Um, I think he did a bit of ruck time as well just here and there, although they did play two rucks this week, um, but did a little you know backup job there. I think Riley O'Brien was probably just getting on top for both of them, especially with um, uh, McAvoy being his first game back from injury, so he had took a couple bounces there. Um, but yeah, 84 points. Um, oh, sorry, 93 points. I think he had a, set, a good 70 last week as well. So we saw this at the back end of last season. He um, put up some decent scores when he was back into the midfield a bit more. So um, yeah, it might continue on to this year. So he's one I'm going to be watching over the next few weeks for sure. Um, Mitch Lewis had 84 points, kicked five by half time, but didn't really do a lot for the rest of the game. Um, shows heaps of potential as a key forward, though. I think he's one of those key forwards that could be a, a reasonable, you know, 70 average type in the future. So I don't mind Mitch Lewis um, as one of your later pickups next year because I think he could, uh, you know, kick a few goals here and there and score okay. Um, Jarman Impey had 74 points. I haven't watched Hawthorne for a couple of weeks. I haven't been on those games, but he was playing forward a lot this week. I'm not sure if he's been doing it the last few weeks, but um, it doesn't look super fantasy friendly him playing there despite him scoring well and again with all the defenders out I thought he'd be a shoe in on the uh, on the half back but no I had I think he only kicked one goal but he had I think three shots and probably should have kicked a few um, but yeah just didn't, didn't look as fantasy friendly up there that's all um, just to kind of one more just kind of not for the fantasy but just uh, similar to Ryan Clark is Finn McGuinness um, just watch out for yeah. his defensive tag going forward sat on Jordan Dawson um, all day basically. Um, I think they end up moving Dawson forward just to get him away from him in the end. But Jordan Dawson, who I think was averaging like 110 or something over those last five, um, or averaging big anyway, I don't know the exact numbers, um, only put up a score in the 70s this week. So um, yeah, just watch your running defenders or your kind of distributors off halfback. If Finn McGuinness in the side, uh, I think they're going to be sending him to him. So yeah, look out for that one. So, something to watch around the league too. It looks like a tactic that started to come in late in the season. Like we've seen it in the last couple of weeks being yeah. injected into a few games. So, yeah, those those big high-scoring defenders, because they've come back in vogue a bit. You know, you've seen guys like Doherty and, and um, Sinclair and stuff. We haven't seen, like, these huge ceiling defenders for a couple of years. So Yeah, awesome interesting. Long, but, yeah. yeah. Um, Tom Duda was the only one worth note for the Crows. More of a tip of the cap, but had 87 points. He was playing on, like, the resting rucks. So, like, Reeves would go down there and he'd just be spent because he was going up against Rob, um, who was just giving him a bit of a bath. And, uh, yeah, like, he'd just run off him and take grabs. So, a bit of a tip of the cap from that uh, perspective. But, yeah, pretty gross performance from the Crows. So, nothing really else to report there. And we'll move on to West Coast versus Carlton. No worries, mate. And I didn't even find uh, Lockie Bramble on the injury report. So, okay. just let you know. He's gone for the year. He's gone for the Is year. He? Yeah, I thought so. Him and uh, him and Warple were gone. That's uh, okay. Right. Must be the, I must be looking at the last week's injury. Yeah, report. it wouldn't have been updated yet. Yeah. All right. Well, West Coast versus Carlton was an absolute joy to watch. No, it was not. Um, the first <laughs> West Coast had their second um, scoreless quarter for the season, and then they had another scoreless quarter by the fourth quarter. So. It was a weird game. Um, West Coast got absolutely spanked in the first quarter. They barely touched it. Um, it was literally not even in the defensive line for Carlton. So even if you had Carlton defenders, you would have been spewing because it was 20 to 1 inside 50s. To see, like at one point in the first quarter, it was absolutely woeful. Um, so five goals to nothing to start. And then in the last quarter, similar, similar deal. West Coast did not score. So... Yeah, well, it was a weird game. West Coast weirdly came back for a moment and then uh, 
they got absolutely belted. Let's talk about a few players, though. And um, on the West Coast side of things, no surprise, a couple of defenders um, had a little bit of a go here, but not really to too much relevance. Um, Sam Petrovsky-Seaton was rolled back into the defensive line, had 15 touches, four marks, four tackles. Boys just got a little soft spot for old... Uh, old SPS, but he's never really come to fruition since averaging, I think, close to 80 back in Carlton. But I don't know, going forward, they've got to have some people coming out of the back line, especially when Hearn retires. So Petrevsky seaton could be maybe one, a late flyer in your drafts next year. I don't, He's not going to be kept or looked at in your leagues. I feel like you just mentioned him every week, Dossie, with hope that he comes good. Uh, this was more of a role change, though, to be fair. Like, I think he came on as the sub last week, and then he moved into that defensive role in place of someone, uh, Yo, who was injured. So, this was a chance for him to really shine. But, yeah, I mean, he, he looked – it's weird. He looks so classy at times, but then the score just doesn't translate. So, um, I'm interested to see, though, in a, in a more balanced game, hopefully, where they actually can touch the ball if he can – if he can improve his score in that kind of Witherden-type role down there because there's a lot of points up for grabs. Without seeing the game at all, I, I'd be, I'm i writing him off. I don't think he's ever going to get there. Well, there you go. He was the looking at the scores for West is Coast. Is that based on gut feel? That yeah. is gut that's feel. Just, no, that's, that's just watching him. Like he, doesn't, he doesn't look like an accumulator. Like He doesn't even look like he has like a defined role ever. Like It's just always thrown around. And like we always think he's going to promise. You know, Everyone says he's going to promise so much, but he just doesn't get there. He's had enough time for mine. I'm writing him off. He, he was the seventh best scorer for West Coast behind basically all their mids and Hearn and Duggan. So Yeah, even so. Like, I'm with you, Hef, for the record. Yeah, thanks, Kaze. Great minds. All right, fair enough. Um, I was also looking at Harry Edwards, who got a role in defence, um, just because of his recent form in the waffle. So the other week, he had an absolute monster before coming into this this game. He, he scored 30 disposals, 23 marks in the waffle last week. Got the gig this week. Had to play on Charlie Kerno. Kerno kicked five on him, and uh, it wasn't pretty, but... Long term, I think this guy, this guy might have a role. It's just a problem. McGovern and Barris probably play the same role as him, but he loves. He's almost like that Highmore guy that loves a cheap little kick. Um, so if he ever gets a role, I'd be interested. But also just a shout out to him because we know he loves his fantasy footy. People holding on to some hope with Luke Foley, lose all hope. <laughs> he was moved forward in this game. And uh, yeah, barely barely got his hands on the ball. Obviously, it wasn't down there too much, but that was that. Um, Jack Petricelli, before getting injured, was playing some inside midfield and uh, scored pretty trash. So don't worry about him. And then the only two, the only other real thing to take away from this game was that key forwards against uh, West Coast is just an absolute smash play right now. Harry Mackay and Charlie Kerno took the piss, kicked ten goals between them, and that was GG. Uh, Zach Fisher, by the way, still impressive. So he's looking like a keeper at the moment. I needed 64 from him to uh, win my game, and he got me 85. So uh, he, he's looking like a, he's looking like a legit keeper. I mean, he's one of these guys that drops his shoulders, which was pissing me off as a West Coast fan. But we were getting spanked anyway, so I just respected the fantasy score. Rotates between that wing and forward role, so he yeah. pops up for a few goals and then sits on the wing and gets a few cheap, you know, plus sixes and, and things like that. And, I'm still, by the way, I'm still big on the Tom DeConning next year big breakout. So if if you're if you're rebuilding, he's the guy. He is the guy that's going to break out next year. He he's got the body already, and it's just going to take one more year. I think we'll see a big breakout next year for DeConning. 
You've heard it here first. All right, no, I'm with you. I think he's uh, definitely got what it takes. I reckon he'd be like Tim English. Like we, I think we said that he, before, He's patchy. Yeah. He's so patchy right now. And it's yeah. like when he puts it together, I think it'll be next year. So be ready. All right, uh, that's the Round Rewind. So yeah, if you appreciate the work we do each week, bringing you the Round Rewind, please sign up to support the podcast. Keep it going each week. Essentially, um, if we don't have members, we don't do the podcast each week because it won't be feasible to do so. So, um, but yeah, if you do choose to sign up and support us, um, you'll be rewarded with a whole heap of uh, bonus resources um, and content that uh, yeah we put together for our members each week. And that includes weekly CBAs, uh, the kick-in analysis, um, scores for and against, uh, projections, breakout tracker, and much, much more. I say weekly CBAs, but it is analysis. You know, it gives you, uh, it gives you trends over the last three weeks, the last three weeks versus the average versus the previous round. It gives you um, the kind of yearly snapshot of how they're going as well, whether they're up or down. So um, yeah, it helps you spot trends and find players uh, moving up in the CBA world. But anyway, uh, there's a link in the description below if you want to join up. And uh, yeah, or you also get the pod pod as well. So don't forget that one. Very important. Put out oh, a free, yeah. free episode this week. Is that right, Doss? Um, I think we probably will. Yeah. If, it, if you I get to 2,500 got, got followers, is that right? We've got, we went the marketing ploy. Well, yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I still have my marketing cap on. Went the ploy of 2,500 followers. And then I got a message from Holmes in the chat saying, I'm quitting the pod if you can. <laughs> <laughs> he do, doesn't, like, not a fan. No, I don't love <laughs> so that. So I might have to just put it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, I bumped the gold member read up to 15 because we need to get through quite a few of them by the end of the season. So I'll read them out this week. I think it's my turn. So um, Blake Ellison, Dale Robinson, Alistair Black, Ben Hall, Chris Williams, uh, Tuas Puton, uh, interesting name, uh, Sam Yui, uh, Billy Hizartzidis, sorry if I didn't pronounce that one correctly, Sam Harris, Callum Ryan, Mitchell Bennett, Brad Harrison, Lee Whiting, Andrew Rhubarb, uh, sorry, Andrew Rhubarb, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my eyes, Andrew Hubbard, I saw that as an R for some reason, um, Josh Healy and Imran Church. So that uh, is the gold members for this week, all 15 for this week. Uh, Dossie, yes. what do you like more than Joel Trudgeon having bulk tackles? Nothing in the world. Uh, well, I was going to say hitting the scoreboard, which he did on the weekend. <laughs> one big major for Joel Trudgeon, 82 points, uh, 19 touches, one goal, six tackles. Not his biggest game, but, uh, you know, looked very influential. Now, you know what I wondered, though, as well? Just just reading, as as I am a detective, Sherlock Dossie, um, CSI Doss, Mami, Doss Ami, um, I noticed that Lockie Fogarty is back as well alongside Paddy Dow. So I'm wondering if he's been shifted out of that midfield. I think he might have been sly, sly, maybe not as many um, centre bounce attendances. So still getting the job done. And uh, a bit of detective work would suggest that maybe he's a bit shifted out of there as well. Anyway, 78 points for Joel Trudgeon this week. 82. 82. Uh, respect. Sorry. Has an, uh, I have got the before it's been rechecked. But anyway, um, all right. Uh, it'll, it'll update with the next- No respect. It'll update with the next week's update. You know, it's yeah, judge, Obviously, judge, someone missed a tackle judge, at Champion judge, Data judge, and updated it later. Judge. Anyways, uh, we're getting silly now. So, let's move on to the listener questions. First question of the week comes from Nathan Ayres. Has Langdon had a role change? 
uh, becoming a frustrating player to own. Uh, Kaze, you watched this game. What happened on the weekend? I, well, I watched the game last week and he was still on the wing quite a bit. So, Yeah. His role is not changing. He's the one of the best women in the comp. One, Max Holmes actually did a really fantastic job in conjunction with Sam Menegola on him on the weekend. I think they kind of targeted him. Like uh, we've seen, um, you know, guys start tagging um, halfback flankers. I think people are putting a bit more time into Ed Langdon because he's very dangerous. Um, but obviously, wingers are a tough one too because sometimes, you know, you get a good run on the wing. Sometimes you don't. It's a bit of a tough a tough uh, position to play. It's obviously why Dossie doesn't play it in real life because he likes the cheap ball, which you don't get on the wing. So, um, yeah, tough position to play and especially if a team is trying to put a bit of work into you. So, uh, you might see a few up and down scores with Ed. If someone who's played a bit of wing in their time, you can definitely get some cheap ball. It's just you've got to not follow your man around and just let him do whatever he wants and then you can do whatever you want. It's a it's simple case. No response to that. Not committed to the team, <laughs> Hef. Not committed to the team. Anyways, uh, Dossie is doing um, staircases and elevators and things on his camera. Just trying to put us off. So apologies if I start giggling somewhere across here. But um, at Ruxin S asks, can Z will be trusted? Um, I'm going to say no. So just, I'll just that one straight up. Was the home score a one-off? Kays, what do you think? It's the start of good scores to come, my friend. Right. Uh, is it just me or Marshall's DPP, the greatest thing that could happen in the lead up to finals? It's up there. It's definitely up there. Um, at Strand Gut 4, um, who to pick up from the waivers? Stasevich, Zerk Thatcher, or Highmore? Um, saw neither of these guys, none of these guys on the weekend. So um, what do you guys reckon? I'd take Highmore. Yeah, Highmore. Yep. Cool. Stasevich and Zerk Thatcher both were affected by having, well, Stasevich obviously had a bigger role in defence due to all the COVID outs and all the injuries for Brisbane and on the Zerk Thatcher side, um, BZT30 um, feasted on a, on a poor delivery based on the same factor that they didn't have their best 22 in the side. Just on that, um, Zerk Thatcher has had back-to-back uh, good scores. So he was good, I think, last week as well. From memory, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Interesting. And also the fact that Jake Kelly before this game was actually dropped before yeah. um before coming back in. So maybe yeah, maybe that's actually a good call that the big BZT's finally coming good. Yeah. Well And prob- and probably more job security than Highmore, given we've seen Highmore get dropped and Dougal Howard was out oh, of the side. So. It wasn't a call. I I didn't see the game. I was just kind of making that observation that he has actually scored okay the last couple of weeks, I think. Um, Don't mind it. At Willie1998, um, thoughts on Davis Uniac as a trade target? Going to offer Wines or Lions as uh, to the owner? I like it. Like, he's shown he's got a ceiling this year. He's a relatively young player. Like, I'd take Wines or... Yeah, I'd take... I'd, I'd do... The, if you could get rid of one of them for like Davis Uniac, I think in a keeper league, it's not a bad play. What do you guys reckon? What? Why would you... I, I own Lions yeah. and I would do that deal in a heartbeat. Yep. Dossie. Oh yeah, as in yeah, but I I think the Luke Davis Uniac owner wouldn't do it, especially coming off a one forty. Yeah, they're not going to be willing to part ways. No, not now. That's for sure. True. Yeah. Um, um, at Major Van Bam asks, what was Connor Nash's role now? Playing on the ball again? Yeah, more so on the wing, but did go into the middle for a little bit as well. But yeah, oh, on the wing a lot as well. So, a guy, dude, K's. Did you see the CBAs for uh, for your boy? Uh, I do. I do wish I could claim him as well, but. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan Moore. Moore. I reckon he's. I reckon he's going supernova for this last month. He's got West Coast North, a couple of others coming off a one twenty with bulk CBAs. Ooh, boy, yeah. oh boy, wow. I did think he was a sell high candidate at the start, but like last three weeks, because like in the five, sorry, last three weeks he's had 
a few CBAs thrown in. Five weeks in the lead up to that, he was averaging 70. But or seventy two or something like that. But then he's been thrown in the guts in the last few weeks. And boy oh boy, Bowie. Like obviously <laughs> not as I said yeah. boy boy Bowie. Boy boy Bowie. Um obviously not as sixty percent last week was massive and yeah, his fantasy score reflected that. But we all know CBAs don't actually equate to anything, Case. But, you know, if he does kind of get those numbers, geez, he's gonna be pretty handy in the run home um moving on now though um at isaac underscore wf um i'm chasing a flag in a dynasty league this year is it worth trading sarong jarth and ainsworth and a draft pick to get laird what do you guys think i think it's probably worth it i think it, oh if you're in all of them yeah and a no draft probably pick. not actually yeah wait what was the thing sarong jarth ainsworth and a draft pick to get laird yeah, it's probably a bit overs. That's overs. Sometimes like, he's chasing it, a flag. Yeah, dude. sometimes it is. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like sometimes it is worth kind of paying overs to get someone that you you guaranteed going to score you like 130 each week that you can put the C on. Like that's 260 points you're trading in right there, basically each week. I don't mind it. It's probably it's probably to get rid of one of the players or yeah. It depends who you're fielding. If you're fielding all like if you're fielding Ainsworth and Sarong, which Ainsworth's form, I don't know, you probably would be on and off, but he got a forty last yeah. week before his one thirty. Um, if you're going for the flag and you want Laird, Laird's still gonna be monstrous. Yeah, honestly, um, I don't mind and it. You you know. Yeah. I'd I can definitely consider it. But yeah, he reckons the downside is he'd have Will Brody and Bailey Smith who won't be fours next year. So if he doesn't win the flag this year essentially, I think he's pretty stuffed for next year. So that's the risk. I think someone like Jath, though, at the moment isn't looking like a, you know, no. he's dropped off significantly this year. He's stagnized. Yeah. yeah, he is. It, it really looks like, it's the, it looks really like, in, like in something like our league, it kind of looks like Sarong and a draft pick for Laird if you look talking about keepers type thing. Because I don't know if Jath would be kept in our league. Maybe, oh, yeah, probably would be. But like the lower end, same with Ainsworth at the lower end. It's not, I don't think it's that bad to be honest. Yeah. His, yeah, and his draft pick, if he's gone for a flag, is going to be, you know, late yeah. first round. Yeah. No, n- not a bad deal. Um, last question. At Munro Xavier, um, who is some defenders that will break out next year? Um, I made like a little bit of a list. So, um, Will Day is one I've got my eye on for next year. Um, Riley Bonner, like you could say he's broken out this year, but he kind of hasn't done like the consistent like average 80 for the like entire year type thing. So, I think he's someone that will do that next year. Um Massimo D'Ambrosio, um, he's one I think if he can get a long-term spot on the side, he's someone who potentially could build, maybe not break out next year, but maybe the year after, once he gets a full preseason in under his belt, um, plays a full season, he could be one in the near future. I had Luke Foley there, but I didn't realise he played forward on the weekend. So um, I liked him yeah. as a junior scorer and like he put, showed some good signs when he did get a halfback role. I figured with Hearn going out the next year with it and probably delisted, does he? Nah, that might be harsh. <laughs> but, um, Come on, mate. <laughs> What about Hoff? Hoff too, yeah, that's another one actually. So he's yeah. going to be, is he wing? O- I feel like he might be mid only. He's played so much wing this last couple okay. of weeks. Yeah. Needs to build that He went defence, but he, he was back on the wing on the weekend. Okay. With it, out a contract at the end of this year too. Is he? That's dangerous. I could yeah. Be, yeah, it could be delisted then. Jesus. Could be dangerous. But uh, anyway, yeah, there's a few there. Um, I did have a kind of look through. There's not a lot in the breakout defenders kind of range. I probably missed someone there, but um yeah, I do. I still have faith in Scrimshaw. Like he's only averaging seventy, so it could be like a you know mid mid twenties breakout. I yeah, kind of like him still. Yeah, that's what I kind of. Feel. I did have him. I did think about him, but I felt like he kind of broke out a couple of years ago. Oh, dude, the obvious one, Hayden Young. I was going to do it. Oh, here we go. What did he score on the weekend? Did he even play? 
Yeah, he's shit. He's yeah, he was not good. He's playing like lockdown. <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe not. Um, Fred yeah. the Zote. Anyways, let's... Noah Answorth, I quite like. Yeah, he so. was right on the verge of my list as well, Kaz. Really. So, glad we're thinking the same there. All right, um, let's wrap it up. So, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Keeper League Pod. Uh, make sure you support our sponsors. You support the sponsors, you support us. So, head to uh, manscaped.com. Use Keeper20 to get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. And also, if you haven't done so already, um, support the podcast and sign up as a member and keep this thing going each week so we can bring you more content. Anything else from you guys? Heath Chapman for the breakout. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, and I'll post my um, I will post my uh, donation link at some stage for um, the Beyond Blue uh, Melbourne Half Marathon. So keep your eye on the social for that one as well. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, see you next week, people. Um, have a good week. Good luck in fantasy as you lead into finals. See ya. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>